Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 134 of Geek Time Radio. This week I have with me... It's Matt! Hi David, how are you? I'm alright, how are you? I'm better, yeah. Good. better recently, so... Good, good. excellent. So, uh, what have you been up to? I've been on a bit of a Netflix film sort of... I don't know, it's crazy the right word to use. Yeah. I watched that film called Gerald's Game or Gerald's Game. Basically about this uh, older couple. I think they're in like their 40s to 60s, roughly. I'm a bad <laughs> judge of age, so I take that as well. <laughs> Thanks. Being somebody that's 42, thank you. <laughs> right. Um, I think he's 55. I don't know, something like that. And they go away to this like remote, not, not even like a hotel, just this remote sort of house that's away from all their friends and family and stuff. And uh, he decides to hang off her to the bed both hands or both arms and then he dies of a heart attack so basically oh. the case is that she's locked to there because she can't reach the keys yeah uh, he's dead so he can't help her and um she has to work out how to get out of it and it, it's good you probably only need to watch about 20 minutes worth of it though to really get the actual story i mean they go off plot a little bit and sort of tell you about some of her backstory with her father which is a bit unnecessary right and they they tell you about some other stuff with this boogeyman of sorts but then the, the parts where she is trying to sort of get out is it's worth watching it's, it, it's quite good it's about an hour of 40 minutes long I, I may be wrong about that it, it was just interesting to like see see how she would get out of it right of course i'm not going to spoil how she does that yeah have you seen it yourself i haven't no it's one of the many stephen king adaptations that he's floating around at the moment that mm. one because uh, it's a, based on a Stephen King novel of the same name. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's it, it's a, described as a psychological horror. And I may go and watch it. I, I don't tend to go in for horror stuff all that mm-hmm. much. But some of the Stephen King stuff tends to be more the psychological rather than out and out like gory horror. So uh, so I don't know. I might go and have a look at that. It sounds interesting. Yeah, that's a um, Netflix original. There was another one. I don't think it is a Stephen King adaption but it was called kidnap it's got Halle berry in it and i haven't seen her since that catwoman film that she did years oh, ago dear. terrible uh, terrible movie that was it, yeah not, not great and basically the premise is that she goes to this uh sort of funfair type thing with her with her son called michael and she goes to take this call about i think it's about work or about the court case because she may be about to lose custody of the child and these you know like human traffic type people they 
take Michael away and they kidnap him. She loses her phone straight away, which is an interesting thing to, to do for the film. Because I say once she once yeah. she gets on track to chasing this car, because she manages to get in her own one and chase this car. Obviously, she could just call the police and say, like, oh, look, someone's taken my son. They're on this motorway. But she like drops it and she realizes, like, obviously, I can, I can replace my phone kind of thing. I have to go after my son. Otherwise, I may not actually ever see him again. Yeah. Um, and the film goes to a few interesting different sort of places and stuff. I'm, of course, not going to spoil how how it resolves but it's it's really tense at sometimes and you really sort of think is she gonna actually lose this child I, I was quite impressed with Halle Berry herself um I don't think her acting was maybe the problem with Catwoman it was probably just the, the script or whatever <laughs> whatever it was at the time yeah um I, I've not seen her in much else since in fact yeah that's the only thing I've seen her in since the Catwoman film yeah she's she's done bits and pieces uh you know she's she's worked pretty solidly I mm-hmm. think she popped up in X Men Days of Futures Past, I think, and the Wolverine and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's she's mm. done quite a bit since that Catwoman movie. I mean, yeah, X Men Last Stand was after that as well, actually. Yeah, uh, I remember in it now that you you mention it. But yeah, Cloud Atlas, yeah. she was mm-hmm. in as well. She was she was in Kingsman: The Golden Circle most recently. Oh, is it? That's the sequel one, isn't it? That's the sequel which I haven't seen yet. Yeah, but, okay. uh, I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen either. Yeah. Um, but no, that's a good film as well. That's another Netflix original. Um, moving into gaming a bit, I actually got the chance to try a Nintendo Switch a couple of weekends ago. Oh, cool! I I talked about it, of course, on my on my podcast. That I do. Yeah. It was completely random by chance. I happened to be going into into town to sort out something else nothing to do with gaming and then in the middle of the town where they, where they sometimes have these kind of things different sort of events or whatever yeah um i happened to just walk literally just sort of walk into it and so oh look, there's there's nintendo switches over there and it had, had like demos and stuff there yeah. um they had fifa 18 mario kart 8 uh pokemon dx tournament which is their like their injustice 2 equivalent of pokemon sort of like their right. 2d fighting game they okay had. yeah Arms, they had one two switch and they had I think they had something else I can't remember though but yeah that was my first time actually getting to, to try it like hands on and sort of see what it was like really really good console it's a very good idea of what they've done yeah and um, the interesting thing was because I went over to the FIFA one first of all and the guy said you know do you want, do you want to play a game of FIFA I said yeah sure and you know how you've got the two Joy-Cons well he gave, he, he gave me one and he had the other one oh, okay. so I was essentially playing FIFA with the one side of a controller it's a little bit awkward at first but I, I got used to it after like a few minutes and this sort of you know it's obviously like kind of difficult to go from you know having the full controller and having yeah. all the sort of buttons in the usual places and yeah. like you have most of the usual controls there you don't have the chance to have like a, a right stick which is for like skill moves and to push your player forward a bit more if you know what i mean so it takes that out of the way and this is another way you can do that but i, I got a hand of it eventually and it was that was really good cool and then i went on to play um mario kart which i then used the actual full joy con thing in right, the yeah. holder thing that it has uh, that's pretty comfortable to use actually the shoulder buttons are a little bit small but once i sort of got my once i sort of got the hand of it it was it was quite easy to use it's a little bit more like if you take a ps4 or an xbox controller if you sort of squash it but stretch it out like top and bottom a bit more so it's a little right. bit sort of squashed but i i got the like handle of it eventually and i played like three games of that and there was the other woman there and she had um the pro controller for the switch clearly much like bigger and clearer and all that sort of thing yeah um, yeah 
but that's like that's like their sort of pro controller version and if if you're a wheelchair user she was able to like easily go up to the switch and like take out the dock or whatever so if you're a wheelchair user and you've maybe been wondering about if it would be easy to grab or not you seem to be able to to do that of course it depends how high you have the dock in your yeah. house or whatever uh, it depends yeah. on that yeah. but she seemed to be able to to do that um pretty easily enough that's good because uh, she showed off some of the touch screen sort of stuff to it and that that was quite good as well cool. and then the last game that i tried because i didn't get to try all of them was uh one two switch that's a bit more of like an arcadey sort of random fun type of game he said there's about 28 mini games on there i think he said 26 or 28 Oh, right, okay. I played three of them. I played the cow milking one. For some reason, he was a bit insistent <laughs> on me trying that one. I don't know why, but that was over with nice and quickly. And then we played the uh, cowboy sort of drawing type game, like the quick draw sort of game. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and there was two occasions where I shot the dirt and I shot the sky. <laughs> but then the other occurrences, I managed to at least shoot straight. I didn't hit him, but I managed to shoot straight at least. And then he beat me like 5-1 in that but of course that was my, my first time trying that yeah, and then we it's did a little unfair <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's clearly had you know that day of practice so. yeah. and then we played the table tennis which is interesting because you have to rely on the sound of like the ball bouncing and when you hit it right. but once you get the rhythm rhythm of it we had like a uh, 40 point rally type thing which was, okay. which was quite a bit that's good. so that was quite good as well yeah, that's good. but yeah if you've got the money and, you, and you're you looking for a portable console especially one that's uh, child friendly as well because all the Nintendo games definitely recommend it so that was good as well yeah excellent um, and then of course tomorrow we got South Park that comes out yes so I'll be playing some of that tomorrow yes um, so will I that should be interesting to say list <laughs> yes already already got that pre-ordered and i replayed through uh, stick of truth not long okay. ago so yeah i had um, an email from boomerang this morning saying my copy had been dispatched right okay i've yeah. i've got it on uh, on pc so i've got it preloaded on steam ready for tomorrow oh cool so, right. uh, so um, it, it will pop up whenever it goes live. It's probably 6 p.m. tomorrow, I would have thought. And then just some other bits and bobs of TV, because uh, we could sit here all day and talk about what TV we've been watching <laughs> at this time yeah. of the year. I tried The Room 104, the, the three episodes of that. Yeah, yeah. I really, really liked it. Yes, yeah. it's it's a good series, that. And it's kind mm. of slightly different. I didn't I didn't like this week's as much, but... Uh, the, Which one was the, that? Was that the religious type one? The, yeah, the the one where it was, it was kind of... Very anticlimactic, Yeah, getting abducted into a... Or getting kind of induced into a cult, essentially, was, yeah. was the basic premise of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the, the ending was a bit lackluster with that one. Uh, yeah, it doesn't I, really... You don't really know what happens. Yeah, it doesn't really... Which, I mean, you know, is a very kind of Philip K. Dick ending to something, really. But it's it's just didn't really work with that story it was interesting but didn't really go anywhere and then didn't didn't end anywhere you know and at least yeah. with the philip k dick stuff you that it's going somewhere even if the ending is quite ambi ambiguous yeah because it was all building and building and building and i thought okay what's going to be the ultimate you know because she was trying to transcend or whatever she said yes yeah um and i thought okay what, what does that mean and like what's going to be the result of that and we sort of see that and then the episode just sort of ends yeah Sorry. it 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 doesn't really build to anything which yeah it sort of builds but doesn't really pay off anything which i mm. yeah is wasn't a great wasn't as good an episode this week but the first two i've really enjoyed certainly i thought yeah. they were really yeah. good i did not see the twist in those two episodes no no, no. not at all that was quite something but yeah. in the 
first episode, the one with the pizza stuff. Was yeah, that the first no, one? that was the second episode. Second the pizza one? one. Yeah, I really liked the. I liked the twist in that, and I'm, of course, won't say what it is. But yeah, it sort of happened. And I thought, okay, this is what not what I thought was going to happen, and then I quite yeah. liked it. So yeah. Um, and then different. the first one with the sort of uh, babysitting stuff yes. was interesting. Yeah, she mentioned that one a few yeah, times. Quite that's, dark, that's good. But... Yeah, they are quite dark. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. sometimes they're just a little odd. Sometimes they're a bit supernatural. So, you know, I, I like that. I think it's a really interesting premise for a show. Mm-hmm. Um, must be fairly cheap to make as well, I would have thought, because you, yeah, you're only happy to, Yeah, it's yeah. only one set. and it. And you don't even see, like, the sort of corridor outside the door or anything. No, no, not really. Not at all. No. Um, I thought it might evolve a little bit more around the whole hotel as a whole but it's called room 104 so yeah i, I like i do like that because they're like yeah. mini little like mini films or little yeah, plays. Like 22 minutes or so, so. yeah yeah they're, yeah they're little plays they're really cool mm-hmm. so i'm interested oh, i'm always interested to see like what's what's the next thing going to be and then it's in the same room so yeah. i mean it's a generic hotel room but it's interesting that how it would take place it within a room yeah yeah no, yeah. I, I think yeah. it's a really nicely well thought out show. I I really enjoy that. And then, of course, this week we got like DC stuff and Walking Dead coming back. So yes, um, yes, yeah, lots of stuff going on. Lots of stuff going on. There was another show which you mentioned just before we came on that you've been watching, and I also saw the first episode of this as well. Yeah, um, coming to Netflix last week, Dynasty or Dynasty mm-hmm. from American. So, uh, what did you think? Because this is a CW show, you know. Yes. So, and it feels very much to be like a CW show. Yes, it feels networky in the better sense. Yeah. Like I've seen some networky shows that are like very cliffhangery, very sort of melodrama or whatever. And this has some of that, like when a, a character is sort of being bitchy to another one and yeah. then they give them the look and then they walk away sort of like. But it's a little bit funnier in this in this show when characters do that. Yeah. Well, I looked at the first episode essentially like if you took Maiden Chelsea, you made them all a little bit older, so like in their 30s, <laughs> 40s rather than 20s, although some of the characters are young in this, made them a little bit richer, made them a bit more sort of royalty-esque and then made it a scripted series. That's sort of what this is, but with very right. different very different like situations yeah okay yeah i mean i've i've never i've never seen an episode of made in chelsea so i couldn't compare it to that but i've seen a few episodes of the original series because i'm old enough so it's a fairly solid remake i would say this i mean it's It's very quality yeah yeah it's very cw it's very cw has a lot of the elements that were in the original series, but it's it's all kind of modernized and updated. I I I think it's it's an extremely well put together network drama. You know, um, mm. I I was I mean I I kind of watched it. I don't know whether I'm going to watch any more of it, but me neither. I might watch the next one just to see if that guy actually died or not. <laughs> yeah, because it's yeah. not quite clear. Um, yeah. I think it's a very well put together network drama. I, mm. I there's so much other stuff on at the moment, and this isn't exactly the sort of genre thing that I'd usually watch. Mm. But um, but he was entertaining enough, you know. And uh, I yeah, the characters I thought were really good. That they're kind of remade elements of of the original show as well. So I it's got a solid base to work from. But I thought they did a really good job with it. I've yeah, I mean, seen if much you're, worse TV. If you're into those type of shows, this will be one to for you to look out for. 
at yeah. least it's yeah. just these aren't necessarily for us but what we're saying is what we yeah. saw we thought was good so yeah. It, yeah it was a good quality show it's not necessarily something i would watch every oh yeah i go and, <laughs> and out of my way to watch all the time but yeah mm-hmm. but i might watch the next one see if that guy lives <laughs> yeah yeah i might, I might yeah. go and see well, uh, that might be the first five minutes so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I, there's there's been a lot of shows either new series or things returning this week um yes once upon a time came back for its seventh season which is a, essentially a new show because it's completely rebooted they've moved the setting it, it sort of starts off with henry the son of the savior in the first six seasons henry's basically leaves home and is determined to go and find his own story because the whole thing's based around the idea of storybooks He's determined to leave and go and find his own story. It then sort of flashes forward to him being older and this little girl turning up at his door and saying, hi, you're my dad, but you've forgotten. Okay. That's essentially what happened, what he did to his mother in the very first episode. So it's the starting point is, is very similar to how it was in the first story arc, but they've changed the location. They've kept some of the actors, but not all of them. But they're now playing in different roles. So Robert Carlyle's parts where he was Mr. Gold in the original run. He's now a um, seemingly fairly shady police officer. The guy that plays Captain Hook is back and he's now been made, just been made a detective and he's Robert Carlyle's partner. The uh, woman who's the evil queen in the first run is now running a bar. So it's an interesting kind of twist. And what they basically said is that the first six seasons were one storybook and that storybook's now closed. They're now starting a second storybook. So there, it's, it's a completely different location. Some of the people are the same, but they're playing different characters, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, so it's, it's, it's quite interesting. I was intrigued. It didn't quite explain as much i sort of wanted it to explain a little bit more in that opening episode or have it done as like you know a two-parter so they could they could explain a bit more over the opening two episodes i sort of you know i wanted to see a little bit more to explain the the whole layout of, of the new setup so i sort of wish they'd done that they'd release that as two episodes at once rather than just the one but uh, but yeah, it's it's. I will watch the next one. I think it's an interesting new direction for the show. So uh, I'm not sure how it's done numbers wise, but uh, yeah, intriguing. I thought. Okay. Riverdale is back for its second season, which is really just as good as it was the first time round. I think it's literally a continuation of where we ended the last series. So yeah. just more of the same. But yeah, it was great the first time round. So I, mm. yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, I didn't I didn't manage to watch the uh, premiere for Riverdale yet. Oh, okay. Okay. But I'm going to this week, so... Yeah, I mean, pretty much it continu- continues where it left off, so, you know. Mr. Robot Season 3 started. I don't know whether you've watched any of these, but it's... it's yeah, as, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as brilliant as it ever was, I think. Again, another show pretty much carries on from the end of where the last season was. Yeah. I was on very thin ice with the show at the end of Season 2, and I sort of said, like, if... Uh, guys at bold moved 
didn't cover it. I don't know if I would have watched the third season, but going into the third season, they've refreshed a few things and changed yeah. some of the stuff that both me and those guys were kind of um, finding annoying, which was some of the like unreliable narration and then the whole like reveal thing. So maybe they just went down the wrong road in the second season a bit, and now they've yeah. Um, I at least enjoyed this third season premiere a lot more. Yeah, um, I, I I'm kind of with you on that. There were certain things that did bother me in the second season, and it, I. I think it's very good as a show overall, but yeah. there were certain things that bothered me last season. And certainly I really enjoyed the opening episode. I think the difference between Elliot and, and Mr. Robot, that sort of distinction and the fact that he didn't, I mean, you spend a lot of the first season not kind of knowing who Mr. Robot was. Yeah. They clarified that in the second season, but Elliot still didn't have a grasp on it that well either. So uh, whereas this season, I think, you know, from that opening episode, I think he, he sort of understands I'm trying to do this without giving too much away for anybody who hasn't seen it. He seems yeah. to understand who he is and he seems to understand who Mr. Robot is as well. Yeah, that, that I think has been worked out a lot better. Certainly they seem to be able to manage that relationship a lot better in the yeah. uh, opening episode of the third season. So It just felt a bit more fresh in this yeah. last episode. Yeah. yeah. Can't quite pinpoint exactly what maybe it's just the case if it's been off the air and has come back it could just be as simple as that but yeah. it just felt a bit more fresh and yeah it, it, it I felt was more entertained and interested so yeah felt more coherent i i think because it it can it's one of those shows that very easily can diverge in a particular direction and start to make lose it its, yeah it makes yeah. it overly confusing and i think it was a bit easier for the opening episode and better laid out and you know I think they pulled it back together again. So mm -hmm. that was really good. Red Dwarf back for its 12th season. Again, just brilliant. Uh, as good as it ever was. As, as you know, I, I think certainly season 11, I thought they did a fantastic job. Season 12 is kind of a continuation on that. It's going back to being kind of classic Red Dwarf. There's more bits of them just sitting around chatting and the dialogue's very well written. I've been a fan of this show ever since the very first episode. So, you know, I'm very 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 happy to see them back and uh there's a new show on netflix called mind yeah, netflix kind of tried to shove this in my face yesterday yeah because <laughs> i was on netflix for quite a bit yesterday because i also watched the um jack whitehall travels with oh my yes father thing. yes that I've was not, really good yes yeah. i i want to come and watch that because i've yeah. seen those two together but before like, they're very good every when when i'd finished the first season of that the it said mine on uh, trailer starting in 17 seconds and then when i'd finished the recent films i'd watched it came up again with the trailer started so i was like okay i, I get it it's a yeah, yeah. Mindhunter, I, I should say, well worth watching. Really, mm -hmm. really worth watching. Possibly one of my new favourite shows. Essentially, I mean, if this was a network show, it would be some buddy cop drama about two FBI agents and they solve cases by talking to serial killers, you know, mm -hmm. and it'll be a kind of monster of the week show. And I'm sure it'd be fine. But this sort of goes to show you what a difference in a, in a director and a style can make because it's it's very much not that i mean at its core that's the basic setup is you have it's set in the sort of 70s you've got two fbi guys one of them sort of drags the other one in who's an older fbi agent and they end up interviewing serial killers 
they call them sequence killers at the, at the time because the, the, it's sort of about the birth of of the serial killer and how the FBI handles them. So it's them talking to serial killers as a way of understanding the mindset and improving their technique in how they can see this in other potential murders. By David Fincher, who's the guy that made Gone Girl and various other films, and you can sort of very much see that style in it. Superbly acted, very dark, very well put together. As I say, if if you're watching this as a network drama, it would be an incredibly different show. You mm-hmm. know, whereas this, you, it's things like on a network, you would have had everything like the two guys getting together, them solving a case within the first episode. You yeah. know, and then it would have been a monster of the week thing. With this, the episodes are all various different lengths. They are split in a way to do with the plot and sort of come to natural breakpoints. It's essentially like a very long movie because you don't really get the two guys kind of working properly together until two or three episodes in. Then, I mean, I'm about halfway through now and then you get kind of a, you know, they, they end up talking to a professor of psychology and she ends up helping them. So you get that element added in as well. But, it, you know, so it's very drawn out in terms of how things start to build up. All the while while they're helping local police with various murders that happened about whether they could be serial killers or whether they they aren't they're also talking to a number of people who have been already convicted having committed multiple murders and are having quite interesting casual conversations with these guys about well why did you do it or what drove you to it or you know what were you thinking at the time and and that sort of thing. And it's kind of about how they find the process to be able to find some commonality between all these different killers. It's a fascinating show. It's brilliantly written. It's actually quite funny in some places as well. There's some quite nice sort of humour written in there as well. Completely worth watching. I That will be my recommendation for the week, I think, out of all the new cool. stuff, not regarding the returning seasons, but certainly out of the new stuff last week. That This is the one that I would definitely go and watch is Mindhunter. And the other big thing, of course, that dropped this week was the Last Jedi trailer. Yeah, that little thing that probably got like three million views. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Which um, brilliant. I, I mean, you know, I'm sure it's been covered. We did a long kind of expo on the uh, website of kind of going through frame by frame and stuff. I, I just thought it was wonderful, and yeah, I'm that's s- very good. I'm so excited for December. I'm really looking forward to it. I've actually gone back and uh, I was watching some episodes of Star Wars Rebels just before we came on because i realized i hadn't actually seen the last two and that's due back very uh-huh. soon so yeah i've yeah, just so looking forward to that i'm looking forward to seeing mark hamill back up on screen and mm-hmm. whether he's good or evil which seems to be the conversation at the moment yes yeah <laughs> so, whether he will follow anakin or not yes so in these footsteps so yes it looks fantastic so we're looking forward to that coming out so that's all the stuff we've been doing this week and let's move on to some tv and film news it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com
We kick off the TV and film news this week with air date updates as ever. First bit of news that dropped was the night shift has ended. It's been cancelled by NBC, which was one of their many medical dramas out there. It's not one I've seen. I'm told it was quite good, but and sort of a little different to some of the others. But unfortunately, that's gone. We've got few advanced air dates. One for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is coming to Amazon on Wednesday, the 29th of November. That I'm very much looking forward to because the first episode is up on Amazon right now. It's absolutely brilliant, particularly if you're a fan of something like the Gilmore Girls because it's written by the same writers and you can Mm -hmm. see the writing style throughout it. Brilliantly funny, wonderfully written, just has that same sort of feeling that you get from a Gilmore Girls episode, I felt. So uh, yeah, well worth going to watch the whole season of that if you haven't seen it. Then Marvel Inhumans announced the air date for that as being the 25th of October on Sky One at 9pm. That's going to be interesting to see the wider reaction to that. It's It started off okay in the ratings in the US. It's dipped a bit, but really? then that's understandable. Oh, yeah. That surprises me. Yeah, I mean, considering the battering it took before it yeah, even went like, on air. Very strong. Um, I mean, in... Um, I mean, it, it wasn't... In a it, guy called Alan Sepamore, his review, he... I, I didn't actually read the review myself, but I think in the title he put, I watched it so you don't have to. And he said <laughs> the same thing about Iron Fist, so... Right, yeah. okay. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's, Bear in mind, this guy is particularly critical of stuff. So Yeah, we've talked about this on previous shows, so I'm not going to go massively into it. But, right. I, you know, I saw it in the IMAX. Um, I, I'm interested to see what it looks like on a TV screen because I don't think the IMAX did it any favours. Mm. I think it has potential to maybe be an interesting series. I just didn't get a great feeling from those first couple of episodes, but... I want to see a little bit more of it and I want to see it in the sort of TV setting where it was really designed for. So, mm-hmm. you know, I will be watching, but yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what the wider reaction from the British public is on that. Other shows they announced on Sky One was Bounty Hunters, which is Jack Whitehall again. Uh, yes, saw the little, a little trailer for that. Yes, uh, there is, I shall be watching that. There is a trailer floating around. It's written mm-hmm. by the guys that wrote Fresh Meat, so it's Jack Whitehall and his Fresh cool. Meat writing partner. It's sort of Jack Whitehall as an action hero, which is kind of an interesting <laughs> idea. Um, his dad up, won't agree that he is one, so... <laughs> yeah, he's sort of teamed up with Rosie Perez. He's is the... Uh, the basic premise of it he's sort of involved i think his dad his dad in the show is an antique dealer and there's some dodgy deals that go on and he gets involved in this kind of his, you know mysterious his dad is in the show no no not his dad is in the show the, the oh, character of his father uh, in the right, show right. is an antique dealer oh, yeah that'd be quite interesting <laughs> yeah um so um it looks like it could be quite good fun so mm-hmm. um is this like a theme in a comedy or do you know what it is? Yeah. It's an hour long, I think. Okay. I, I just associate him with comedy, so I thought it might be sort of like that. Yeah, I mean, I, it will have comic elements to it, but it's an hour yeah. long show. I okay. think so that's on uh, Wednesday, the 25th of October at 10pm. So that's going straight after Inhumans, that is. The Good Doctor, which we've spoken about a few times, coming to Sky Living on the 27th of October. That's a new show. Uh, it's another medical drama stars Freddie Highmore, but it's from the creator of House. So I think that is going to be definitely one to watch. It's already been given a full season order in the US as well. <laughs> so it's going down fairly well out there. So I, I think that's definitely one to watch out for. And uh, Strike Back, season six. That's coming Tuesday, the 31st of October at 9pm on Sky One. That's a strange thing to put on Halloween. 
Uh, yeah, it is slightly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's launching on Halloween and uh, it's back with a brand new team mm. uh, behind it. So the two boys aren't in it anymore. But it's survived without them before. So I think it can mm. probably survive without them again. I, I, yeah, Andrew Lincoln's got a new fight to uh, to deal with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yes, that's true. I, I forget Andrew yeah. Lincoln was in that as well. Yeah, yes, uh, it's had all sorts of people go through that show over the years. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's uh, going to be good. It looked good from the little clips that they showed us. So that's the air dates updates. On to bigger news, they made some announcement about Stargate Origins, which is this new show that's coming um, about the uh, casting for it. I, have you heard anything about this series? No, I've not really paid that much attention to it. Right. Okay. It's it's basically. I mean, I say series i use that term hesitantly because technically it's a web series it's not a full tv series they're doing 10 minute episodes it's 10 10 minute episodes that they're doing and it's being launched on a thing called stargate command which is a website and an app you can go and download it from the app store uh, various app stores if you go and search for stargate command the idea is that it follows Catherine langford who was the uh, daughter of the guy that discovered the original earth stargate and is is sort of a fairly important character because she's the person that in the movie originally brings daniel jackson on board to translate the markings on the stargate which leads to them actually being able to use it so that role's gone to an Australian actress called Ellie Gall, who's been in uh, something called Blind and a Midsummer Nightmare. She's obviously much younger than we have previously seen her because she's she's an old, fairly old lady when she brings Daniel Jackson on board for Stargate SG One. So it's a it's a sort of prequel thing. I, I don't know exactly what they're going to do with this because it's been fairly well established that she's never actually set foot through a Stargate before. Or certainly that seems to be the impression that you're given throughout all the times that we've seen that character appear on screen previously. So I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but uh, interesting, I guess. There's her, and her father is going to be played by Connor Trenier. That name you might recognise because he has actually been in Stargate before. He played Last Light slash Michael Kenmore, who was the one of the human wraith hybrids in uh, atlantis you probably more likely to recognize him as trip on star trek enterprise that was the thing where he's probably had his biggest role uh, mm-hmm. he's also popped up on suits and ncis and pretty little liars and various other things but he's playing professor paul langford the father of catherine who was the man who went on the archaeological dig that discovered the original stargate there's a bunch of other people as well who some of which are names that may you may recognize but they're not given character roles for at the moment the series is going to be exclusive to stargate command it's uh, 10 10 minute episodes so i mean the whole thing itself is not going to be particularly long no. at the moment there isn't any sign of any new stargate stuff on the horizon so you know take what we can get stargate if you're a stargate yeah. fan i guess <laughs> Uh, I should say the um, the Stargate Command app is quite interesting because it has all the series on there. So I think it's a it's there is a, a subscription fee, a yearly sh- subscription fee for it. It's, I think it's like twenty quid or something. But that will give you access to every single episode of Stargate and all oh. the movies and all the, the year. That's pretty cheap. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it, if you're a fan of Stargate, it's a pretty good deal. So mm. it, it gives you access to everything, plus some background videos and like photos. And so if you're a fan of Stargate, it's worth going to look up, but it's still called Stargate Command, the app. So if you want to go and look for that, iOS yeah. and, and uh, Android app stores. So yes, worth going to look up for fans. 
on to other things. Uh, CW are working on another reboot, along with all the other things they've been rebooting recently. This one is of the TV show Roswell, which was a 90s TV show. I don't know whether you've ever come across this before. No, I haven't. I have to say, it's not a show I saw at the time. I think because it ran on Sky One, it's sort of late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, ran okay. on Sky One, and I don't think I probably had Sky at the time. So, and certainly you couldn't record things like you can now. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't think I ever saw this series when it when it went out. I know there's a lot of people when I posted it up on Facebook and saying, "Oh, I love this show. This was great." Some people are going, "Oh, I'm not sure they should be remaking it." But uh, the basic premise was it's based on a set of books called Roswell High. Then the original series it focused on Max, Isabel, and Michael, who were three normal teams or seemingly normal teams that were in fact alien human hybrids with extraordinary gifts who were destined to save their own kind from extinction the rebooted series is a slight twist on that original show uh, because there's an immigration element to it which seems fairly timely given everything that's going on in the US at the moment and it's you know the Roswell is fairly close to the Mexican border. So that sort of makes sense. In this version, it's following the daughter of an undocumented immigrant who is reluctantly returning to a hometown of Roswell, New Mexico, settling back into the little tourist trap town. She uncovers the shocking truth about her teenage crush, who is now a local police officer. Turns out he's actually an alien who has kept his (laughs) unearthly abilities hidden his entire life. As the duo reconnect, they begin to investigate his origins while keeping his alien background a secret. But when a violent attack and a government cover-up point to a greater alien presence on Earth, the politics and fear of hatred threaten to expose him and destroy their deepening romance. So, I mean, it's it's kind of a love story between an alien and a girl, by the sounds of it. Um, okay, it's like a, a twist on Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yeah, there is a certain yeah. amount of that, you know. I don't know, I, I mean... I, I'm all for I'm all for trying new sci-fi things or new twists on old sci-fi things. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, mm-hmm. it's got a set of books that they can work from. It's very much a young adult book series. So, you know, that very much fits into the CW's remit. If you're a fan of the original, I don't know. But it, it sounds like it. it's quite different to what the original show was. Just taking the same basic premise, but it's, you know, different characters and stuff. So yeah. I do wonder whether it'll end up being... I mean, potentially this could be a continuation in some way but it sounds like they're rebooting it rather than it being continuation but we'll see or maybe like some sort of revival slash reboot type yeah. thing yeah yeah so so we'll see it uh it looks interesting and uh the last news story we have this week is that Legends of Tomorrow is going to lose a main team member. Obviously, if you don't want to know who this is, skip forward like five minutes and we should probably have finished talking about it by then. But uh, Legends of Tomorrow will be losing one of the team members at the end of Season 3, that person being Victor Garber, who plays Martin Stein, one half of Firestorm. He will be leaving at the end of this season, apparently. He's going to go back to his first love, which is Broadway musicals, because as we saw from the musical episode, he's quite a good singer. So, you know, this is what he's, you know, he's always been a kind of musical star. He's uh, going into Broadway to play the male lead in Hello, Dolly, which is a classic, classic Broadway musical. So, um, yeah, that's what he's doing. And um, I mean, I'll be sad to see him go because I think he's a great character. Yeah, I noticed in, you know, when you did the, um, was it the MCM London interviews that you did? stuff i i did notice 
of all the people that you interviewed, he seemed a bit more not quite as connected. Like he was yeah. sort of ready to go. Well, not like ready to go, but like he was not quite all. Yeah, know, no, he wasn't I would kind say of committed. But no, that no, sort of I, thing. I I know exactly what you mean. If you yeah. uh, if you go up onto the website or go onto the YouTube uh, channel, which is uh, youtube.com slash geektown, there is an interview from MCM earlier in the year where Victor Garble was interviewed. And yeah, I if you listen to that interview, I know exactly what you mean. He mm. it's not I, I it's especially not in comparison to everybody else. Yeah, as well. everybody else is kind of very much invested in the show and and yeah. you know to to Victor, you know, he's an old hand at this, and I think. It's a case of they brought him in as a sort of bit part. They then offered him this bigger role. And he's like, hey, this is great fun. It's a superhero show. When yeah. when am I? I never thought of my age I'm going to get to be a superhero. You know, that was sort of his thing. So I I can kind of understand why he's done a few seasons of it and thought, well, this has been great fun, but, you know, I want to go and do something else. And I, I, I get that. And I've, I think that's what he wants to do. I entirely understand you know yeah. why you might want to do that and hopefully i'm hoping that that doesn't mean that jacks is in jeopardy as well yeah because... i think they could hopefully find a way to keep him in yeah because uh, he's of course the other half of, of firestorm yeah frank dramer is it plays uh jefferson jackson who is the other half of firestorm uh jefferson is actually a creation purely for the tv show he's never appeared in the comics essentially he was created to fill the hole left by uh robbie amell because it was supposed to be ronnie raymond which was robbie's character uh mm-hmm. who was supposed to be the other half of firestorm but he ended up getting killed off in the first season of uh, the flash because he couldn't carry on he had other commitments so mm-hmm. jefferson jackson is basically a replacement for ronnie raymond in the comic books there's been various iterations of firestorm usually with uh, ronnie and stein and somebody else or just ronnie and somebody else and stein's not there the current iteration that they're running at the moment is there's a guy called jason rush who been firestorm for quite a while on and off he was originally introduced to replace ronnie raymond they've now set it up so in the new 52 they've got ronnie raymond actually as, as a sort of high school jock and Jason Rush is the sort of scientifically minded classmate. He huh. sort of plays the Stein role while Raymond is is the, the front role. So if you replace that as being Jax in the Ronnie role, and then you could maybe bring Jason Rush on as the other character. So that would sort of make sense. That would be the place I would think they're probably going. So maybe he's a protege of Professor Stein in some way. Maybe that's how they introduce him. There's rumours of something to do with a funeral at the, at the crossover this this season and a lot of people have said that they've like found out that stein isn't there or something to do with right that. okay so that so. that would partly make sense yeah um yeah. i mean at the moment he's they've said he was leaving at the end of season three but okay whether that's true or not i don't know at the moment all they're saying is that he won't be back for season four essentially so we know that he's leaving at some point i mean it it may be that they keep him alive that isn't the funeral of him and they keep him alive and it allows him to pop in for guest spots later on possibly so yeah, i mean 
we'll see what happens. And I, I just, I do hope that they keep Firestorm around and they keep um, Jefferson because you could still, you could come up with some reason or some way to like keep him around, um, or maybe bring in somebody else or, or yeah. something like that. I mean, it's a superhero comic show; they can you know, pretty do, much do whatever they, can they get want. Away with yeah. those sort of things, especially in Legends. Yeah, like they do all the time travel stuff and all that hopefully it doesn't affect things too badly yeah so um hopefully firestorm will still be about i suspect they probably will do that and we'll end up with another partner for for jacks i think mm-hmm. but who knows we'll see but uh yeah legends back on uh wednesday this wednesday, yeah, this isn't wednesday. It? yes so uh so yeah, yeah. legends legends is back this wednesday so we shall start to see how things are turning out for them so that's all the news for this week, but we are sticking with the DC theme for the interview. The interview this week is with the cinematographer, one of the cinematographers for Arrow, Bruce Worrell. Bruce is a veteran cinematographer. He started his film career at the Emily Carr University of Art and Design in Vancouver. He then moved to London to study film at the London International Film School, earning a distinction in cinematography. Then travelled throughout Europe, working on various films and other projects. He's worked in Europe and North America on commercials, music videos, television, documentaries, feature films, you name it. He's covered it at some point. Mm -hmm. His latest job, which he started this season, actually, is as one of the two cinematographers on uh, Arrow. So we got to talk to him a little bit about uh, how it is sort of joining a big franchise like that and dealing with the very, very long hours that they have to deal with. So uh, here's the interview with Bruce, and we shall see you afterwards with some highlights for next week on tv hi bruce how are you i'm all right how are you i'm fine good thanks for taking a little bit of time to come on and uh, talk about arrow i guess mainly <laughs> is your new gig yeah not a problem <laughs> not sure how much i can divulge about the current uh, season but uh, <laughs> there you go no well, there is some bits and pieces out there so uh, so you know i'm sure we can find some stuff to talk about very good so yeah you're you're the new cinematographer for, for arrow you've just taken over the job i've taken over one of the alternating we alternate yeah. Uh, episodes so yes i've taken over one of those positions like all the all the shows there's there's alternating positions so you do every other one that's the same thing exactly let's start off going back a little bit how did you get into cinematography in the first place yeah originally i thought national geographic would be a good place to (laughs) be so i ended up doing some traveling and picture taking and getting into an art school here in vancouver and then um, i just started graduating to getting pictures and sounds together and i liked that and then i decided to go to uh, london uh, to go to film school there yeah and people asked me to shoot their projects for some reason or other and they just kept asking me and i just said that seems like an interesting thing to do so i kept on carrying on doing that cool Uh, a lot of exposure to european films when i was in the uh, london film school so i didn't spend that much time to say reading the subtitles but more concentrating on the visuals and that became sort of the the point of my interest was how things looked and how the stories were told without uh, the benefit of having the dialogue or that sort of thing, like uh, a Tarkovsky or uh, an Antonioni or something where the visuals are as strong, if not stronger than the than the script itself. And that's those are the films I was drawn to. Yeah. And uh, as we said, you just got the the, uh, the gig working on Arrow. You, are you about, what, halfway through the season now? That's where they seem to be with Legends anyway. So. We're I'm 
August doing the crossover, which is uh, 6.08. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there's 23 episodes, so more more like a third. Okay, so yes, of course, there's less episodes in Legends, isn't there? So... Um, this isn't the first time you've been in the uh, the DC world, though, because was it the pilot for the Flash you shot as well? No, I just did one episode you last did one episode. year. Okay, yeah, the the one of the DPs was directing, and he asked me to shoot his episode. Okay, so so you've had some experience working in the whole kind of Arrowverse before a little bit yes yeah uh so how, how did the the gig on an arrow come to you um i think once you're within that family of uh cw you become part of a known commodity um, right yeah. so i think they knew my name based on that uh just that connection and uh, f- from there i was just recommended from one show to the other and uh, it just happened that era was looking for someone at that time so cool so you're eight episodes into it how's it going if you had a sort of what the heck have i got myself into moment yet <laughs> um i kind of knew what i was getting into um yeah. You know, everyone knows what these shows are like in terms of their hours and, and the superheroes only work at night and that kind of thing. So, yeah, um, it's a bit of a grind, uh, but everyone knows that. Uh, <laughs> I think I finished work. I finished work yesterday at uh, seven in the morning. So um, it's just something that you hopefully doesn't happen all that often, but you're not surprised when it does. Yeah, but Good people all around. So that keeps you coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Coming into a show at this point, how is it for you as a cinematographer? Are you finding ways to make your own mark on the series or is it just sort of following all the styles that have previously been set? You certainly follow the tenants laid down over the past five seasons and the way it's shot in the style is kind of inked but they're always looking for an expansion on that style to see, you know, where you can improve it. This is not all of a sudden changing the color, but it's trying to expand uh, the colors they've got in a sense. Uh, so there is a certain amount of freedom to try new things as long as you're within the envelope that, you know, makes sense uh, in the comic world. So there's a yeah. little bit of both ah okay so you're saying obviously with it being arrow there's a lot of night shoots i would have thought on that show then uh as you said you finished at seven o'clock in the morning so how difficult is it to shoot and get stuff lit right and and sort of organized right during a night shoot compared to a day shoot it's a little bit more complicated at night obviously because usually there's nothing there so you're starting with a a black canvas, if you will, yeah. uh, and having to sort of start from scratch and work that way. And, and in daylight, it's kind of, this is what it looks like. So yes, every shot is another challenge to make it look good or proper. Obviously, when you start to work into the night, you're getting tired and people are getting tired and the concentration can lapse. So it's a bit <laughs> of a to maintain your commitment to your job when you've been working for 12 hours and it's pouring rain and it's like four in the morning kind of thing. (laughs) I mean, it shows like Arrow as well. You have a lot of fight sequences and stuff, so you're having to deal with with that and they can be kind of quite frenetic things to, to shoot. Is there stuff you have to do on the cinematography side to make sure those fight shoots work? They do their choreography and then they stunt and fight coordinator will come to me and say this is the fight this is where we'd like the camera and then you as the photographer have to make 
what they want work. It's a little backwards from the way I have used to work in the past, where I will see the fight and then decide how to photograph it. Right. They like to choreograph it with the camera in mind, which initially was a bit of a shock to me, but now I quite enjoy the um, the challenge of it and the fact that they are choreographing it for a camera as opposed to uh, strictly uh, here's a fight but this is the way we are doing the fight and this is why we want to do the fight with the camera in this position and so on so it's a it's an interesting collaboration which i'm getting more and more attached to yeah i mean it's it's a great show for for that sort of stuff you've also said you you're up to the uh uh, crossover episode at the moment which i know you mm. won't be allowed to tell me anything story-wise about i would th- wouldn't have thought i mean we know some of mm. it but um mm. from a visual point of view how does that work with you doing the crossover because obviously all the shows have a slightly different feel to them yeah i mean I, the the thing is to maintain we've met as photographers for all these episodes and we've got together just to discuss trying to maintain a cohesive look that doesn't jump I mean, Arrow typically is a darker show than the other three. So just trying to find a way to get on the same page. Plus, we have scenes that link. uh, One show may do a a shot in in a location that is a direct carry on from something somebody else did. So there's that where you have to be very careful of, you know, I'll pick up a direct scene from the previous photographer in the other show and it has to look the same or it's that's the biggest challenge is just to maintain the continuity and figure out those crossover moments where one episode jumps to the next and so you'll occasionally trade directors for a, a shot and that kind right. of thing that at least makes life a bit more interesting i guess when you're doing the crossovers it does except for these hours that do pull because of cast availabilities so ah yeah every, everyone's pulling cast so your schedule's based based on their availability and you get a cast member for two hours, they have to leave by this point in time. Then you get another cast member from a different show from these hours to these hours. So it's quite stressful because you've got finite ins and outs for characters. So you have to get their work done then and there. And there's no uh, there's no leeway because there's three other shows waiting on your schedule. And so it's all an interlocking puzzle, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And you're they're dealing with four shows this time as well, because last time Supergirl really the character was part of it, but the actual that show wasn't part of it. So. Uh, whereas I believe they're all fully involved this time around. So so you've got that to deal with as well, I guess. It's a fair, I wouldn't want to be an assistant director. It's a very, <laughs> very tedious scheduling process they go through. Yes, I imagine there's somebody sat there having a nervous breakdown when this comes around. Pretty well. It's not something that people look forward to necessarily. No, no. But it, it works. It's such a big thing on screen and it works so well when it's out there. So, you know, the last crossover event was such fun. So oh, yeah. when you were shooting with a show like arrow i mean i know uh you know legends and i guess flash as well have quite a lot of cg work in them i mm. with arrow I, I imagine that's sort of less so do you aim to try and get as much as possible in camera that's that's what we like to do on this show is uh, to be able to see it there and then as opposed to we'll do this later so I, I don't. I couldn't tell you the percentage of what one show does to that, but I know Arrow's much uh, more heavily invested in getting it on the screen, if you will, off the get-go, as opposed to waiting and say, "We'll put this in that, and here's an explosion." So, percentage-wise, I don't know, but yes, I imagine we're considerably less than the other shows. Yeah, you're, you're obviously on Arrow now. You've worked on Flash. What sort of differences were you finding between the two? Do they run fairly fairly similarly, or, or I mean, apart from the, the night shoots, obviously. Um, they're similar. In 
in in their content they're slightly dissimilar again probably in as you mentioned the special effects there's a lot more shots built around an effect which is sort of taken out of your hand so that was my impression there's a little bit more theoretical prepping involved in flash and shooting as right. opposed to arrow but other than that it's it is the basic same tenets of you know these are the this is what the show is trying to do and this is how we do it this is our audience and so on and this is kind of the comic book family and it doesn't stray too far outside of uh, of that yeah you've also got i noticed on your imdb page you did a few episodes of killjoys as well yeah i did the first i guess five this year or last year whatever it was okay cool yes that's a, a really fun show as well it is, and, yes. uh, yeah you're doing now that, that's a show that i imagine has quite a lot of cg work in it that you're dealing with but uh, i guess it does but i don't uh, in the five that i did there was i haven't actually seen any but uh, right. uh most of it seemed to be there in camera with the odd really? um bridge shot transition you know from spaceship one to there yeah but uh, certainly there was more talk on these shows than there is in killjoy but then again, I haven't seen a finished episode, so maybe I'm speaking out of turn on that. <laughs> yeah. It was a fun show. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a fun show to shoot. I mean, Vancouver is quite a good place for a lot of those kind of genre shows because they, they seem to do, I mean, tend to be in general, but a lot of the genre shows seem to choose Vancouver as a, as a base because of the accessibility to various scenery and stuff up there. You know, if they need to go out and find snow on a mountain, it's like, you know, a couple of hours drive away. If they need to go and find a beach, that's sort of there. And, you know, so. Mm-hmm. so um, yeah, there's a, we've got the infrastructure in vancouver and the cruise and it's, it's the same los angeles time zone so yeah uh, they appreciate that aspect and it's just you know a two-hour flight to la so as opposed to when you go to toronto then it becomes a, a little bit more of a slog to for producers and such to go up and down i can imagine i hadn't thought about the time zone but yes that makes perfect it's, sense. A, it's a big deal the time zone thing so yeah talking in real time absolutely what has been the most challenging thing so far this season for you i think just getting used to some of the um, wouldn't say scope but uh, the responsibility in, in a way um, because it is such a sort of a large machine yeah and it's a machine that's been rolling on its own or not on its own but with other people and then to step into that and make sure that you don't uh, not screw things up but you fit in in a way that the machine doesn't have to change at all it just keeps going and you fit into the proper cards and you just keep going and no one really notices that you're there in a sense it's just <laughs> okay. it's still working so that's good yes um, but uh, photographically once you get used to their sets and and the crew and that kind of thing then you know i've been doing this long enough that it's just it's in a sense another job it's just once you it's just that initial break-in period where people get used to you and you get used to the sets and the crew and the cast and once that's done it becomes i, I suppose like any other show yeah yeah i guess you've been working in the industry a long time there's a, a whole bunch of, of things there the guard cold squad i noticed was on there uh strange empire i mean there's a lot of these uh, these are canadian made shows i so they're all shot up in mm-hmm. vancouver i'm assuming yeah uh, toronto <laughs> vancouver yeah 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 few few sort of more general questions what would you say would be the most interesting experience you've had while working in general not necessarily on arrow i imagine there's quite a few of them but i think the one that i always sort of remember is actually when i was just becoming a photographer if you will when i was getting out of um, film school and still wondering if this was the way i wanted to go 
for the graduation projects, I ended up going from Atlanta down to Turkey, spending three months in Turkey, then flying uh, right over to um, Athens to do a show, then coming up through Zurich to do a show. <laughs> and this was all in one line. And uh, I was actually getting paid a bit of money and seeing the world. And so well, this, this is an interesting job. So <laughs> I think I'll do this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, certainly working in TV is, a, is an interesting way to, to go and see the world, I would imagine. So uh, generally. It certainly can be, especially when you're based out of London, where there's your access to different style, countries is very... Yeah, very true. What advice would you give somebody if they wanted to get into becoming a cin- cinematographer? Probably the best advice would, well, after being passionate about what you're doing, is understand uh, how to be socially active kind of thing. It's something that some, like in any business, some people are good at uh, interacting with other people and some people aren't. The people that are good... And our people persons, um, yeah. they'll, they'll do well. You need to you need to understand how to make people happy and that sort of thing. So other than being passionate and the talent is something uh, now with video, you kind of can see what you've got. It's not as, at least in my mind, not potentially as challenging as it used to be. You don't have to know so much about photography. Right. And, you know, the styles now are changing quite a bit where it's a different generation. So it's a less... You just don't have to know as much, but you still have to have the people skills to kind of get on in this business. Yeah. If you're known as not being easy to work with, then nobody will work with you. So, Unless you're very good or an actor. <laughs> well, yes, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> the the last two questions that we uh, always ask people when they come on are um, firstly what TV shows are you watching at the moment um, I'd be embarrassed to say I'm watching The Office oh yes well classic so it's a classic and there's no photography involved so I can come home after a day's work and not worry about what someone <laughs> else is doing I just I, I just can watch something for the fun and because anytime I watch any film or TV show I'm looking at the photography so yes I need, to, I, need I need a break when I get off work so i just look at something that is not about photography <laughs> yes i talk to uh, quite a lot of composers and they always tend to go for things that have very little music in them <laughs> yes exactly so, so you can enjoy it <laughs> yes absolutely and if you had the opportunity to work on any show past present or future not a show that you're on at the moment which show would it be maybe the bridge Oh, yes, that's a good one. Um, uh, the Our uh, Handmaiden's Tale. Yes, also a great, great show. So those are two ones that I'm very much appreciated, the style of photography and the content. I mean, for me, content comes first and then the photography. But on both those shows, they went uh, hand in hand and they each had their own moment to shine, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Great shows, both of them. Really good. Mm, so, yeah. Awesome. Well, Thanks for spending a little bit of time just to uh, to talk through some of your stuff on Arrow. Good luck with the rest of the season. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, I appreciate it. And I thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye. That was the interview with Bruce. Hope you enjoyed that. If you want to see his work, you can watch this season of Arrow, which is back on Thursday, the 19th of October at 8pm on Sky One. Next up, we have some highlights for next week. <laughs> highlights for next week we've got a number of shows basically yep. <laughs> we've by, by the time this has gone out we will already have had supergirl and flash so uh legends of tomorrow starts on the 18th at 8 p.m on sky one and then arrow on the 19th at 8 p.m on sky one as well so they're back to being four days a week rather than being doubled up which is good i think yeah i prefer that 
Yeah, definitely. Also on the 19th, we've got finally the last season of Two Brett Girls is airing. That's on E4 on the 19th of October at 9pm. That will be the final season because it got canned in the US by CBS. So uh, that's unfortunate, but yes, that... uh, I I remember watching the fifth season and the writing was just really bad. I don't know what what happened with the show. Like Maybe that's why. I mean, I I haven't seen it since probably season two, so... Okay, yeah. Because I remember the first four seasons were were fairly good and people were at least talking about it in a roughly good way. Right. Obviously, things must have just gotten worse in season six or something. Oh dear! Um, but of course, I'll I'll watch the season and sort of finish yeah. it out. So, so that's yeah, that's back on E4 on the nineteenth of October at nine PM. Also on the nineteenth at nine PM, but over on Five Star is the second season of the Shinara Chronicles, which um, I mean, it's it's a very kind of teen show. This, but I found it quite enjoyable. I I binged my way through the first season because it's on Netflix. So. Um, yeah, it was it was good. I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it's a nice, interesting take on a sort of post-apocalyptic future mixed with elves and trolls and stuff, which is kind of an interesting <laughs> setting. I thought. Uh, so so yeah, this picks up kind of after the uh, after the, all the events of the season one. So um, yeah, looking forward to that. I think I will be going to watch that. By the way, it goes out on five star in standard definition because five star is a standard definition show. If you want it in high def, you can go onto the catch up service and on Sky Catch Up and on the My Five player on Samsung TVs for some bizarre reason, only on Samsung TVs as far as I've been. No, right. it is in high def. So so if you want to watch the high def episodes, maybe set it to record to remind you that it's on and then just go and watch, go and download the catch up episode because it's in high definition catch up. So. so it only does that on Samsung? It's on, yeah, on the Sky On Demand box. Yeah. So presumably Sky On Demand, now TV, I would assume then as well. And only, oh, right. only on the Samsung My 5 app, apparently. Not on other My 5 apps. For okay, some reason, it's available on quite a few different things. Yeah, the uh, my five thing. Yeah, apparently that I don't know why that that's what because I, I specifically asked them about it and that's what they said. So so the <laughs> okay. Skype the Sky catch up. I'm assuming that also means now TV, but I could be wrong about that. But definitely on Sky on demand, they said it's in high def. So you can go and get it from there. Other shows starting this week. QI is back for season O. That's on the 20th of October at 10pm with Sandy Hotsfield hosting again. I do love that show. It's very, very funny. Um, I forgot that they do that, like season ABC. Yes. Yes. So, uh, yes, (laughs) it looks like now they've got a new host. They are going to get to the end of the alphabet as well. So uh, that's that's good. So, yes, season O. Then Gunpowder is starting on BBC One on the 21st of October at 10 past nine this we've talked a little bit about this before but it's kit harrington it's the kit harrington one yeah where (laughs) it's it's based it's a three-part drama which is why it's starting on the 21st because it'll run sort of weekly i think and you know so it's going up to bonfire night so it's a three-part drama based on the infamous plot to blow up the houses of parliament stars kit harrington playing somebody who apparently was actually his relative that, uh, that so, guy gets involved with some complicated families <laughs> yeah he does and he's, yes yeah so um yeah, yeah apparently the, the person that he's he's playing because he's he's not playing guy fawkes because guy fawkes was the person that sort of set the bombs but the person that came up with the plot with somebody else and that person was actually a 
a blood relative of Kit Harrington. So, <laughs> so um, yes, and he's ending up playing with Tom TV, which is kind of weird. But anyway, there you go. So, uh, so but that's coming on the 21st of October. Uh, that I'm definitely looking forward to. I, so think it I saw really the teaser good. for this and then heard nothing. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, cool. All right. So that looks good. And then on the 23rd of October on Fox, a little show called The Walking Dead is back for its eighth season. Yes. Which, I mean, yeah, what could we say other than all out war is apparently what we're getting according to let's, all the promos. Let's hope so. <laughs> that's let's that's hope certainly, so. hopefully not being dragged out over multiple seasons or anything. I'm hoping they'll yes. wrap it up in one season. But yes, that I'm very much looking forward to, which also means that we're having a Walking Dead podcast come back the walking dead uk yes. podcast will be back i'm assuming from this week i guess yeah uh when you listen to this it should already be out i'm gonna it's monday afternoon as t- at time of recording i've already edited it and and whatnot so i'm yeah. gonna put it out tomorrow on tuesday yeah so there's, a, there's day, a there's a preview going up this week which you can go and get from entertainmenttalk.org and then we'll be doing a regular weekly show for mm-hmm. the Ent- walking dead on after- uh, wednesdays on so, wednesdays so yeah the preview will be this tuesday which so basically it should be out by the time you you listen to this and then next wednesday will be the start of the reviews so Yes. There you go. So, uh, yes, that to look forward to. Unless there's anything else you want to add. just wanted to add that uh, with us talking about all these DC shows, me and Robert, my one of my other co-hosts, do cover that as well. That will be, we'll, we'll basically start recording after Arrow's finished on the Thursday. So look out for that sort of 10.30 on like Thursday night, roughly. Cool. And what we're going to do this year, in case you haven't listened to the preview, which that's already out, because there's 23 episodes and I got a little bit burned out basically by doing every single one of them last <laughs> season, because it's not just 23 of one show, it's 23 of four, four shows. shows. Yeah, it's a uh, lot. So what we're going to do is do the premiere episodes and then come back for like episode five-ish and then crossover and then we'll, we'll sort of we'll sort of take it from there. Um, yeah. But that'll be how that's run. So. Awesome. Awesome. So yes, worth tuning in. That's also over on entertainmenttalk.org. For us, for the rest of the stuff for us, you go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week to find all the latest air date info. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. You can leave a message on the website post you can find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown, and on Instagram at Geektown UK. That's everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.